0: hey welcome back to social Let. this is episode 467 and today I am bringing in the fabulous Denise Duffield Thomas to talk all about money mindset launching and how she scaled her business to multi-million dollar business by just doubling down on one product. Now, I know many of you are concerned that you need a whole library of products. You need a whole suite of products to be able to scale that business. And Denise is here to prove you wrong. She's here to show you exactly how she did it by just focusing on that one product. Now, if you haven't heard of Denise Duffield Thomas, she is the money mentor for the new wave of online entrepreneurs who want to make money and change the world. She helps women to charge premium prices, release the fear of money, and create first-class lives. Now, in today's episode, Denise and I are chatting about why mindset is the most important part of any launch, as well as how Denise mentally prepares herself for each and every launch that she's going into. We're talking about some of the most common mindset blocks that show up in launches Denise's manifestation and goal-setting rituals for each launch. And then, of course, we're talking about how doubling down on that one product, Denise's Money Bootcamp product, helped her to scale to a multi-million dollar business. I had a lot of aha moments while we were recording this episode, and I actually left it with a bunch of notes that I'd scribbled out afterwards. So I hope that you get as much value out of this episode as I did. I'm super, super excited to introduce you to Denise Duffield-Thomas. All right, let's jump in. Denise, welcome to Socialette. It is lovely to have you here.
1: Steph, thank you so much for having me. It was a really nice invitation and I'm glad we could jump on together. Yes, me too.
0: So, I'm going to kick it off with a massive question for you. Why do you love money so much?
1: Well, gosh, freedom Mm. Freedom, freedom. You know, I think um, growing up for me, I saw the women in my family, they had no freedom and they had very little choice because of money. And, you know, like I was born in 79. So during the 80s and 90s, there weren't very many opportunities for, you know, my mom, my grandmother to make money um, with young kids um, without an education. And I just think now is the best time for people to make money. But for me, that was totally driven by freedom, being able to make my own choices. And then now there's a bigger, bigger reason. Now I'm like, wow, money is really fun. You know, it's not just about survival and solving problems and, you know, being able to have choices. It goes beyond that. And it's so exciting now to help other people do that. Yeah.
0: what does freedom mean to you? Because I know it means to some people, it means working by a swimming pool in Bali with their laptop and then to others, it's to work two days a week. So what's your definition of freedom?
1: You know what? It's changed, I think, over time, but I just never want to um, feel trapped by anything. Mm. And, you know, I remember my in my 20s, there was one particular job I remember. I worked at the O2 Stadium and it's like their big music stadium. And I It was so symbolic of that time because I had to check on all the VIP boxes and basically there was like 40 boxes and I would just walk in, put my head in, get a little, hear a little thing of like Beyonce or something and then I had to go out. I wasn't allowed to stand in there and watch. And so most of that time was walking in these hallways and just like having a glimpse of this other life. And I just remember like journaling during that time going, one day I'm going to be able to do whatever I want to do. And so for me, I work a lot. Like I love, I love what I do. I love ideas, but I hate being told what to do. And I hate feeling trapped.
0: Yep. I can resonate with that. (laughs) Yep. That's, that's for me, very similar. I think for me, it's the freedom of that, the freedom of if I want to pack up my bags and go and spend a month driving around Australia in a van, like I did in Feb last year, I can do that as well. So I, I like that. I like your definition of freedom. It's cool. Uh, so Denise, how did you become a money mindset coach? Because it's not really something that you can go and get a degree in. Maybe these days there's courses on it, but you've yeah. been a money mindset coach for a while now.
1: Yeah, I have. So, you know, I was, um, I've worked in personal development for a long, long time. So actually at university, I was the president of the business club. um, And that was very much about leadership and personal development. And then my next couple of jobs were all in that kind of leadership personal development field as well. And But I knew I wanted to have my own business. and um, But it was was quite confusing because I was like, well, I'm reading these books about goal setting, but why can't I just do it you know like and when you start your own business you have to choose your own prices and set your own worth and I, I find that is just a massive sticking point for for people. and um, so I went well what if I kind of took everything I've learned about personal development and apply it to money? And you know I started reading more books about money and I'm um, finding other people who were talking about money and money mindset. So one of my early money mentors was Kendall Summerhawk. And um, and so I've taken a couple of her courses, but it was more about realizing that it isn't an either or thing. You can help people or make money or you can be spiritual or make money. And sometimes the personal development world kind of makes it feel like it has to be separate. So I remember feeling this really strong calling to talk about money. And I was just like, no, I'm not the money girl. You have to be an accountant. You have to be a financial advisor. I didn't realize... You know, that I could carve out this path for myself where it's like, well, I can just talk about money mindset. I don't have to pretend or feel imposter syndrome around the fact that I can't tell people how to invest. It's not my thing. Um, and there there was a massive place for it. But I, I really remember just going, universe, no, 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 no. And then finally it just kept on coming up. And I, I went, you know what, okay, I'll do it, but it has to be really easy. Like send the clients to me. <laughs> And I'll talk to them about it. And it has been easy because I love it so much. And I think the thing that I love, maybe in another world, I would be, I don't know, a psychologist or, a, or even a mystery writer or something, because mm. I love puzzling out and I love hearing people's money stories. And its I find it super fun.
0: That's really fun. It sounds almost like you manifested it. you You made it easy because you thought it was going to be easy.
1: Well, I thought if it's not, then that will give me an out.
0: Yeah, interesting. You know, did you did you ever feel any imposter syndrome? I know you mentioned like that you weren't an accountant. Did you ever feel any imposter syndrome? And this might be a bit of a nosy question, but I'm assuming you weren't making the kind of money you're making now. Back then, did you ever feel any imposter syndrome around teaching people money mindset? If you weren't, um, if you weren't in that end goal stage yet.
1: Well, in my first year of full-time business, I was a life coach and then a business coach. Mm -hmm. So I made six figures doing that pretty quickly um, before I started talking about money mindset. So it was probably maybe the second year I started talking about it. And it was more, it wasn't from a place of, um, you know, I'm the richest person. So therefore, you should listen to me. It was more like, here's what I've learned about my own money mindset. And that's how I still teach it today Mm because I still work on my money mindset every single day. And, um, and so I didn't really feel like an imposter because I felt like I was a freaking success. Like it was incredible going, I can earn my own money talking to people and helping them with their problems. Like this is amazing. Um, and so I didn't, but I have experienced imposter syndrome around writing and being mm. an author. And I've really had to work on that. And I, I, I think I only cracked it in the last 12 months.
0: Tell me a little bit more about that. I'd love to know like what, when imposter syndrome shows up for you as when it comes to writing the books and being an author, how does that show up? What's the voice telling you?
1: Well, because my first book I actually wrote was um, when I was in my early twenties and it got published as an ebook. And back then it was like ebook. That's not oh, a real wow. <laughs> And you couldn't even really sell it yourself because this was like yeah. 2002, 2003. So it wasn't like you could just PDF it and then put it on a um you know a site and they could take the money I was like here are my bank account details transfer me you know 10 pounds I was living in London transfer me 10 pounds and then I'll you know I'll email you but I actually had to go through an ebook publisher and so they they did all of that because you couldn't do it yourself back then and so I was kind of always like but it wasn't a real book and then um my first then business oh no sorry then I read a book about um Raw food and weddings and stuff like that, and so I was always just like, these are just eBooks; they don't count. Um, Lucky Bitch came out in 2011. Get Rich Lucky Bitch came out in 2012, both self-published, and then they got um, bought by Hay House and republished in in 2017. And I sold them uh, a third book, and even then, I was like, but that doesn't count. I don't know why. I was just like, but I, it doesn't. They're not. That's not real. And um last year I realized because I was trying to switch genre, I was trying to write a memoir. And I realized then I was like, but self-help is just telling people what to do. That's not being a real writer. <laughs> you know, I was like, that's just being bossy and just like giving people advice. That's not real. And um, and so I had to just like to tell I started telling people that I'm an author. And it felt like, ah. And then the other switch for me is I had to say, it's safe for me to make money from writing as well because mm. people would then say, oh, you're an author. I'd go, yeah, but my books, you know, they're just like a business card for my course. So I was like, they don't really count. They're just like, you know, and I did. And you just see people's eyes blaze over because they were like, wow, you're an author. And I was going, yeah, but I'm not really. And so I had to start going, um, I'm a wealthy author. Mm. And it was like, oh, no, you're not allowed to make money out of books. And um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, because so I, I, this last year I made four point four million dollars um, from writing. I made ninety five thousand, which is amazing money for an yeah. author. Like it's a that could be a full time amazing income from writing. But I think it only, and that's probably double from what I made last year from writing because I had to start reminding myself. It's I I, I am an author, like legit. And it's safe for me to make money out of writing as well. So what I find is you can cure it in one area, but there'll always be a little a little area that you have to work on. And for me, it was writing.
0: Yeah, I can relate to that. It's always like you work on something and then suddenly it's like this little voice pops up over here and it's like, hey, now I'm joining the party. Like now you can work on me. So I can relate to that. When you pivoted from being a life coach into being a money mindset coach, did you find that you got many negative comments or people who didn't like that you were talking about money all of a sudden?
1: You know what? No. Amazing. I, I really didn't. Where I remember there was one time I got a ton of negative comments um, and it was when I um, wrote my first book and I changed my whole company to be around the Lucky Bitch brand and um I got heaps of people saying, "You know, you can't say that b-word. It's so rude. It's so crass. You're going to lose all your followers." And it was kind of a little bit controversial back then. Now, no, like yeah. God, every book has got the f-word on it. Um, I'm waiting for books that come out. The c-word's probably the next, <laughs> the next trend. But it was people were really angry about it. Um, but I can honestly say, and there must be some massive privilege around here or whatever, but I actually don't get a lot of hate mail. And I don't know if it's because I don't go looking for it. I don't, you know, deliberately try and find it. And I just want to give that as a counter argument because sometimes people are very scared about putting themselves out there because they're so worried about that. And I actually don't really get it a lot. And there's been parts times where I've gone like, Am I ever like, when is it going to come? And almost that fear of, you know, oh my God, am I ever going to, I don't want to manifest it, but. That's a, that's an
0: awesome thing to hear because one of the big things that came up for me, particularly 2020 and a bit, a bit during last year was there's a huge, I had a huge block around growing my business because I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be responsible for saying things that would then get people to comment negatively. And I didn't want to open myself up to the negative comments. And what I found was actually as my business grew, I wasn't getting any either. So
1: I don't know. Maybe, maybe people just like us. <laughs> maybe we're just nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly don't know what it is. And I don't want anyone feeling bad if they've gotten it. Mm-hmm. But like I don't go and Google myself. And I, know, I have yeah. friends who do it when they're feeling a bit low. They'll <sighs> go and Google themselves and then they get really down. Like mm-hmm. I don't read my um, book reviews for example. I've done it. I can remember I've done it twice and I've gone and looked at the one-star reviews because I wanted to use it in a blog post. And it was literally like, this is the worst money I've ever spent on something. And I wasn't even mad. I was like, I love that people write negative reviews because I would never write a negative review, even if I hated something. So I'm like, good for you, I guess. You don't care. Um, And I just, I don't know. I just don't really go looking for it. And I think it's just you have to understand that not everyone's gonna like you, not everyone's gonna agree with you and um you know you've got you've got stuff to do in the world and you can't um you can't take up so much energy on that because there's no critic proof business. and if you want zero unsubscribes, hundred percent you know approval rating, just have your mum on your newsletter list exactly.
0: You know? And there's always going to be people with stupid opinions and stupid things to say. And I think one of my one-star podcast reviews, somebody somebody left a review on my podcast because they were angry that I charged them VAT on top of their online course purchase. And the review said, I bet she doesn't even pay this to the tax office. <laughs> And it's like really okay, great. I don't care about that review. Anyway, moving moving along, I'd love to chat a little bit about launching and money mindset in a launch. Um, would you would you agree with me when I say that mindset's probably the hardest and also
1: probably the most rewarding part of any launch? Well, you know what? It doesn't matter what you're launching. You can find a free checklist or you can buy a course on and just follow it, right? It's so it's a logistical exercise, and none of us, it's not beyond any of us to do it. You know, it really isn't. But between idea and selling it to someone is just this roller coaster of emotions. They're not going to like it. I'm going to get refund requests. Someone's going to sue me. Um, I'm going to offend somebody is it enough? You know, like all of that, that's the hard bit. Yeah. That's absolutely the hard bit. And so, I'm I'm actually in a launch at the moment and I've been launching now for, my first launch was in 2009. Um, so, what's that, 12, 12 years. Oh, yes. oh. Um, let me tell you one thing that I see and it's really hard to watch this. So, my first launch in 2009, it was the Raw Brides Transformation Plan. So, it was like, I'd got just gotten married, I'd lost weight with raw food. I was like, let's make this a business um, why not and I had one person on that course and I hear this all the time and then people do do that and they quit mm-hmm. because they're embarrassed they're disappointed they feel like they need to just refund that person and run away and I celebrated that I celebrated so much and I ran I ran a live course for one person um, we didn't have a Facebook group, so nobody knew how many people were on it. She came to every single live call, wow. never asked the question. <laughs> and I was like, this is amazing because even though I only ran it once and within a year that I was bored of that business, because I was like, weddings, who cares about weddings anymore? I'm done with that. Um, But I was like, I learned how to do a sales page. I learned how to do uh, a, a webinar, a live webinar. I learned how to do a handout. I learned how to put together you know, a course and it was even my first two, three years, everyone had the same password. It was literally like a password protected page. But I learned so much. None of that was wasted. None. And um, the next uh, launch that I did in 2011, so almost 10 years ago, I had six people on that course. And again, it actually doesn't matter how many people, even if you had no one on your first course, the amount of work that goes into it, wouldn't you agree, is so yeah. huge that that's the prize. Yes. Doing it is the prize. It It doesn't matter how many people pay you for it the first time. You've paid yourself potentially a multi-million dollar mm. asset in the future. And um, so since that 2009 one, I've sold... I think we're up to $22 million worth of online wow. stuff now. And um over, you know, 12 years. And of course it was like little, little, little and then big. But it's because I went, oh my God, someone paid me to help them. I'm gonna do that again. I'm gonna do that again. And um, you know, I've been running Money Bootcamp for 10 years now, and it's still exciting. And, you know, the the more you launch, again, even if you change topics, mm. no one can take that away from you, that knowledge of doing that and the technology shifts and changes. But it's the, you know, oh, my God, it's so much easier than what my mum and grandma had to do for money. And even now,
0: launching a course now 12 years on from when you created that first one, like it's so much easier now. You wouldn't have had Kajabi back then. You wouldn't have had whatever you use now. And these days, you don't even need to know how to set up a sales page because it's basically done for you.
1: I I think I had to do unlisted YouTube videos for the first couple of years because wow. there's no other way to do it. There was, you know, I made handouts on, I don't know, Word or something, like <laughs> PowerPoint and maybe, and I pdf them. It was just so hard. And now you can do everything on one platform. It's so easy. But the as I said, the logistics are easy, but the mindset of it that's yeah. the tricky thing. And um, even still, like I, I still have launched mindset gremlins sometimes, um, but I've found ways to layer in some of those money mindset things so I don't get freaked out and yeah. go, I'm not going to send that last email. Oh, no one wants to hear from me um, because, yeah, that, that's really normal.
0: Yeah, well, I'd love to know, like, what are some of those things that you've built into your launches so that you don't get derailed by the money
1: mindset? So I, I think a um, a big goal can sometimes be an amazing opportunity to, to launch, mm. um, and I find that if you don't, sometimes that launch date just keeps on getting pushed to perfect timing. Yes, Yeah, so um, I remember one launch that I did, it was um, October 2018, so a couple of years ago, and I found a property that I absolutely fell in love with, like just fell in love with it. And um, my accountant said no, my broker was like, no, because we were building a dream house somewhere else. So this was literally a holiday house. And um, I said, you guys tell me how much I need to make this happen and I'll go away and I'll get that money and I'll come back and I'll bring the money to you. And I just imagine myself like putting, pulling out this big sack of money, just being like, there you go, I did it. And so I did a, I did a launch that I didn't particularly want to do because I never want to launch. I love helping people, but I never really just want to launch for the sake of launching. Um, and so I did a big launch. And then this year, same thing happened. So we're renovating our farm at the moment. And um, our accountant was like, this is turning into a bit of a money pit, guys. And I was like, okay. I'll go to a launch and we did an impromptu launch made over a million dollars. And I was like, there you go. Um, (laughs) So if you're starting out though, your goal might be just to break the seal of launching Mm. and have your first client because that's the seed that can plant a forest, you know, and we've had over 8,000 people go through the course now, but it starts with one person and, you know, doing, like allowing yourself to be vulnerable, allowing yourself to be paid for helping someone. I love that. What do, you, what do you think some
0: of the most common money mindset blocks are that show up when people are launching? Like I know you've touched on a few, but are there others that you think are quite big?
1: You know what? I think what underpins most people's um, money mindset mm. is this ingrained um, coupling of it has to be hard work. Money only comes from hard work. And so often when people come into the internet marketing industry, for example, they go, wow, that sounds good, but it's a real pie in the sky thinking that's not hard work. That's not how people really make money. And so people can be sceptical. They can take ages to get started. They think that it's for someone else, but not for them. Um, Or they have complicated feelings about making money, doing something they love, something that's easy, something that's online. And what I find is um, a lot of people didn't even have the internet growing up. Yeah. And so their idea of work is completely different to what it can be now, but it's still there because it's all the movies and TV shows we grew up you know, watching or it's how we watched our um, parents or our grandparents or the community we lived in, that was work. And and that doesn't matter if you grew up rich or poor, by the way, if you grew up with um, like high achieving parents who worked in the last 20 years, they probably weren't doing easy online fun stuff. If, you know, they might have been having to bill 100 hours a week as a lawyer or a doctor or a dentist. But you might have seen the other side if you grew up, um, you know, working class, you might have seen your parents have to work really hard at jobs that they didn't really like or jobs that impacted their health or their well-being to make money. And so then the idea that you could just do it by like talking to people, I know it's more than that, but (laughs) it just feels a bit wrong sometimes. And we know that it's not, but it's hard to decouple that from, but hang on, this is what work is. Especially if you're one of the um, only entrepreneurs that you know, you know, if you're in it and you're surrounded by it every day, you you go, wow, this is normal. But if you're the first one to kind of get out of corporate or you're the first one to go against your family or what your friends do, it feels very lonely. And that makes you feel like it's a fantasy. Um, you have to embed yourself in it every day. You know, the the podcasts you listen to and the groups that you're in and the mentors that you have, Um, not so, I mean, so you can believe that it's possible and you normalize yeah. it. Yeah.
0: Oh, I love that. You, so, so much of what you said just gave me chills because I can, that's, I see so much of my story in that as well. In that, um, you know, only child of two super high achieving parents. And when I told them I was leaving my corporate job that, and I was going to start a business, I actually had to go and do, I I went back to uni to do my master's degree so that they would think that I was doing something worthwhile while I was starting my business. (laughs) <laughs> i couldn't yeah, just wow. quit I couldn't quit my job and just do my business. I had to do a master's degree at the same time to feel like it was hard enough work um One of the things I actually saw on your Instagram today was you were manifesting for your next launch you're manifesting the number of students you're getting by writing your welcome cards in advance. Tell us a bit more about this I and love why, why do you this. do it?
1: I love doing this so much um there's something about making space mm. you know making space for people and um, actually, one of my very first coaching clients um, a couple of years ago, actually, you know what? This is really funny. The first couple of um, coaching clients that I ever did as a life coach were all dating related. Mm. So I was like, let's get you a soulmate. And I I got people married. Oh, my God. It was crazy. But I remember a first couple of clients, one lady, she ran a retreat center from her house. And I was like, you don't have space for a partner. In here because every Friday and Saturday night, you've got meditation groups in your lounge room. She wasn't teaching all of them. She was letting all her, you know, friends and community use her house all the time. And so her house was literally her lounge room was set up as a conference center. And um, and I was like, you have no time, you have no, no space, you have there's no energetic space. So one of the things that I used to get a lot of those um, soulmate clients to do was like make space in your wardrobe make space in your bedroom, make space. um, Some people didn't have like a bedside table on the other side or they would, you know, have their dog sleeping there or heaps of stuff or whatever, or they had no time or no energy, or they had a lot of, um, you know, artifacts from old partners around their house. And so we would get them to declutter um, so they could make energetic space for the new Then when I switched to business coaching, I started doing the same kind of thing. I was like, well, let's, you know, what about that um, box full of old books from your first failed business that are sitting in your garage? Let's get rid of them. You know, let's, um, like, where are these clients going to fit into your calendar? You have no space. Mm -hmm. So let's make some space in your calendar. Like, let's literally set up your booking system so you can receive that. You know, and they'd be like, well, I'll wait till I get my first client before I set up my bank account. I was like, no. Set up the container so that money can come in, Um, and so I when I whenever I do a launch, I go where can I create a vacuum here um, so the universe can come and fill it. And you're going to laugh, right? But we have this saying in in my course, Money Bootcamp: "When in doubt, shave your legs." (laughs) And I, are you going with this? Okay, so I used to do it as whenever I'd launch, I'd go, "Okay, so I've written my goal, I've done this, I've done this." I've decluttered, you know, and it doesn't matter what you declutter. Sometimes it's just shifting the energy. I'd be like, okay, so I've decluttered my desk. I've done this thing, whatever. And then I'd go, what else can I do? And I'd go, I'll just shave my legs. And um, so I used to do it all the time. And and it was just something about like, oh, you're just shifting the energy. Yeah. And um, and so I shared it in the Money Bootcamp group. And so I saw these people going, I'm going to try it too. And then they are like, I shaved my legs and I got a client. And again, it's not about about shaving your legs. It's about intentionally shifting the energy and making space for something new. And it could be anything. It could be that before every launch, you go through and declutter your wallet and get rid of all the old receipts. Or you go around the house and collect all those bits of money and put them somewhere. Or you go and, um, you know, Just anything, anything that you can do to like to make space. And so it could be that you go, you know, you call the bank and say, I'm going to have a big big influx of cash this month, you know, because sometimes with PayPal, if you don't tell them, they freak out. Um, So I would do that every launch. I'd call PayPal and say, oh, just to let you know, um, I'm expecting a very big influx of cash this month. So can you, you know, just put an alert on my account? And so each one of those things strengthens your belief. Because the PayPal person was like, oh, yeah, cool. Thanks for letting us know. That's really helpful. And I'd be like, they believed me. (laughs) Uh, um, And, you know, all those things just kind of make it true. And so for me, writing those cards is one of those making space things. I used to do it the other way around. And it'd be very, um, like, Mark would be like, you need to write these cards. And I'd be like, oh, I'm so tired from the launch. I can't be bothered. And so now I do them beforehand because as I'm doing it and like every person who joins my course is a person to me, whatever. Okay, really, disclaimer. But like, as I write it, I go, that's (laughs) $2,000. That's $2,000. And that's US dollars too. um, So it's more like $3,000. But I just go, thank you. And I think, you know, anyone who would be blessed by this work, that's for them. And it's really cool. It's fun. I love it. And I write, my my goal every day in the shower steam as well. Always. Slow. Oh, I
0: love that. That's awesome. So you're talking a little bit about money boot camp. Um, how much of money book? How how much is the dollar figure that you've made from money boot camp? It over all the years.
1: So we've had eight thousand people go through the program, but it wow. has been slightly different price points. So I couldn't tell you exactly. Mm. Um, but I would say you know at least. I mean, and that's US dollars too. So, I mean, at least 15, 16, maybe even a bit more um, because it has been different price points. And that's from one course. And there's a real discipline to not changing your business every year. Mm, and to not creating
0: millions of different products, right? Yep. Because I actually, I'm really curious here because I know, and I know a lot of my listeners will think that they need to have this big library of different courses so that they can make lots of money and... I would love to know how did doubling down on this one two thousand dollar product help you to scale your business to the amount that it's making?
1: Okay, so first of all, I don't think there's any right or wrong business models for mm. sure. Like I'm a big believer in um, designing your business in line with your strengths, your preferences, your goals, your lifestyle, mm. all that kind of stuff. So actually, for me, um, bootcamp started out as a live course, like a six week course, you know, like a Typical six-week course with calls every week. And then I was like, I've got a global audience. I need to do two different calls a week to hit those time zones. And then I was like, I can't just run it once a year. So I was like running it twice a year. And then so at one point, I was running it pretty much concurrently as six-week live rounds. And if you think there's pre-launch stuff, there's launch You do the launch and then you deliver it and then you've kind of got to recover. I was in all trimesters of pregnancy all at the same time. I was like, you know, throwing up. I was gestating a baby. I was delivering a baby. I was breastfeeding all the babies all at once. And um, I know it's really graphic image. It's a great analogy. It was exhausting, exhausting. And it got to a point where on closed cart day, I'd be like, I just want to run away you know, and I'd start to have to do delivery. And I was like, can you guys just give me your money and go away? Like, I, I'm i too tired to actually deliver this program for you. Um, and, you know, and, and I'd still, I'd love going to all the calls and it was great. But um, when I wanted to have an actual baby, like a human baby, I was like, this is so unsustainable, this kind of model. And um, so I deliberately made it an evergreen program so people can join Any time, but I still do launches too Mm -hmm. because I find that I'm an instant gratification person. If I see something I need, I want to buy it right now, and I don't need a launch to bribe me to buy something, right? So it's always open for those people, and then I have launches throughout the year because some people do need an extra nudge, or it's you know the right timing, or they want to go through it with everyone else. So um, I deliberately made it evergreen, and I still get shiny object syndrome, but I have a very particular motto that saves me from it, and it is, all roads lead to boot camp. Great. All roads lead to boot camp. (gasps) Yeah. So whenever I get a bit bored or a bit antsy, which I do, I'm normal as an entrepreneur and I have ADHD, I go, you know what, babe, you can create anything you want. As long as all roads lead to bootcamp, so I experiment in my front end and I leave my back end alone. And I upgrade the course every two years. I will re-record it, but the course has been pretty much the same. I don't try and reinvent it every time because it works and it's it's good. It's good enough because I don't, I never think oh it's perfect it's good enough. But I can create anything I want up here, and it just saves me because then everything is useful. Instead of, you know, when sometimes you go, you just get into a, a tears and you go, I really need to change my logo or I really need to, like, change that font. And it, it doesn't make you money. It's tinkering in your back end. Yeah. Um, and so All Roads League to Bootcamp has, has saved me. Um, but I can see, you know, memberships work for other people or low cost, high volume stuff works for people. For me, I was like, I, I want to have kids. I don't want to, um, yeah, I don't want to mess around with a ton of different things. And actually, I used to have a lower cost kind of Ascension model. And about two years ago, I, it was just an experiment. I, I thought, let's experiment. We've got the money to do it. Let's experiment just having nothing for sale except for bootcamp. Free or bootcamp, that's it. And so I, so little things I would create where I might've gone, I could charge for this. I'd go, let's just make everything free except bootcamp. And it's been it's been great. And this year we're um, considering experimenting again with it with another lower cost product. Um, but there's, I believe, there's definitely no right or wrong. Yeah. There's always just customer service implications and marketing implications. Always, <laughs> yeah, that's it. You can do so, anything, but you have to market it. Yeah. So I, I can
0: picture some of my listeners right now. They're thinking, like, how can you have it? evergreen and also live launches at the same time. Like surely when you close cart on the live launch, people are still thinking, well, I can I can sign up anytime. Like what do you have in there to get people to sign up during that launch?
1: Absolutely. And and that is totally true, right? There'll be people who you can't say, oh, you can't buy it tomorrow. So I've um, I've experimented with a lot of different things. So one thing I experimented with was um, back when we had the low cost product, we had a $200 product. Um, we didn't really have boot camp on the sales page too much. On the sales page of that two hundred dollars product, I'd say, hey, you know, my boot campers get this course for free. So if you want to join boot camp, you can do it right now and get two hundred dollars off boot camp. Otherwise, if you want to join boot camp later on, pay full price. Your choice. And it would be like a two percent conversion for the two hundred dollars course, and then like a twenty percent conversion on the upgrade. So for that one, it was kind of. It was available, but you kind of had to find it. Yeah. It wasn't kind of all there. So we've experimented with that. We've experimented with um, uh, different bonuses or different payment plans. Um, We often do, we experiment with different currency offers Mm. too. So we do like once a year, we'll do a, I think it's three or five day. I can't remember where people can pay in Australian dollars. So they Ooh. don't have to, yeah, it's really fun. So they don't have to do like the fees and then they can pay it off over the year and they don't have to worry about the currency fluctuating. So it's the same price, but for some people, they hate buying it in US dollars. Um, so that's always gone really well. And so, I mean, that's not like a million dollar launch for us, but that's a good, you know, uh, low six figures sometimes, you know, like might be, I think Mark was saying this year he wants, he wants to get about a hundred people on that um so that's like 300,000 cool um we and then we did the same for euros and we did the same for pounds I think Mm -hmm. we have experimented with Canadian dollars I can't remember about that one but what's cool about those little things is then you can target you know you can really target for that audience um so they've been fun and they're they are genuinely limited we only do it for such a small amount of time and then for the big launch at the start of the year what I um do is I bundle in other courses. So it's actually more expensive than joining bootcamp normally, but you get all these other things and you can pay it off over 12 months. So what I find is it's not always about like um, overthinking that, you know, it's pretty clear. And I think sometimes it's the benefit for people of joining with a bunch of people and they feel like it's an official start. And that's hugely beneficial. For people like me who, who I'm just like, oh, just give me the info. I don't care <laughs> about who's joining at the same time. But for some people, it's like really important. It's like, no, I'm going to join in January and I'm going to join with you know a couple of hundred other people and we're going to do it together. That's just as important. So, yeah, I think um, the evergreen conversation is an interesting one because there are so many different ways you can do it. And um, but th- honestly, I for a long time, I still haven't really got um, complicated funnels around it. I'm always just like, if you want it, it's here.
0: (laughs) And I think sometimes, you know, there's so much magic in just keeping it simple as well. I don't think it needs to be super complicated with all of the upsells and downsells and cross-sells and tripwires and all of those things. Like sometimes there is just so much magic in keeping it simple because you get it out there and you get it done rather than overwhelming yourself.
1: Honestly, I made quite a bit of money with just saying, here's this, here's the thing. Yeah. Like, here's my bootcamp. I didn't, you know what? I still am not good at selling bootcamp. Like we're doing a new sales page at the moment and people are like, <laughs> you know, what are the benefits? And I'm like, oh, fuck, sorry. I'm like, I have no idea. I have no idea how to sell it either. I'm just, I've always just gone, I'm doing this thing. You want to come and join me? And people go, wow, she must, she sounds so confident and chill, it must be really good. <laughs> I love it. Oh, so something
0: something that came up for me quite a lot with one of my products a few years ago was um, that I so it was a it was a podcast launch course and I was really worried I thought you know like there's not that many people how many people realistically want to learn how to launch a podcast and then in 2020 I sold 4000 copies of it. So 24. But did exactly. you did you ever come up against that block as well?
1: Um personally no because I I felt like um You know, I'm like, I I know people need this because I, you know, been coaching people one on one, and I, I still see the need. Sometimes I I think everyone's seen money mindset stuff by now, and then yet people join every day and go, I've never considered this before. Um, and so I, you know, I hear people like that all the time who go, I've got this how to product or I've got this, you know, checklist or I've got this thing, and anyone could find this information for free, and I always go, yeah, but no. Not everyone wants to. Like I'm I'm smart. I can figure out most things. But I'm also like, someone else must have done this. Someone else must mm. have figured this out. Let's buy it. And so my motto now is always like, is there a checklist I can buy? Is there a template? Is there um, someone who's just gone do here's a plan? I've done the plan for you. And I do that in my personal life too. Um when I had my first baby, I was like, oh, maybe we should do some batch cooking. And I bought an e-course on how to make a month's worth of freezer meals. And I've never done it since, but I literally went and it was a checklist. Here's all the things to buy. Here's all the things. Here's how you lay it all out. Here's what goes in each bag. And there are tons of people like that out there who want it curated for them. And they, even if there's a million other courses like that, it's not your voice. And they might need to hear it in your voice for it to really go in. And now, I mean, more than ever, there's a ton of my money mindset coaches. And um, it's just like, well, cool. I've, I've still got something to say. And someone might like it in my voice. And on the flip side, someone might like it in her voice better. And I want that for them too. Um, so there's, there is nothing new. There isn't. But someone needs it. Exactly. Exactly.
0: I love that. I always, I think of it as coffee, right? So when you come when you want a cup of coffee, you can have an espresso, you can have a flat white, you can have an iced latte, you can have a frappuccino. There's all these different kinds of coffee. They all get you the same result. Like you're caffeinated, you're productive, but there's a different flavor for everybody. And the same, the person who drinks a frappuccino is not going to even think about buying an espresso.
1: Exactly. And on that analogy too, when you think of different price points, you can get a coffee for a dollar or you can get a coffee. I think I bought one for Mark today. I went through McDonald's drive-through and it was like $5.50. Oh, it's you know? McDonald's. Yeah, I know. Cuz it was like an arm and fi, a large arm like yeah. why. So, but I was like there there is a price point for everything and you don't always have to be the cheapest. Mm. People don't all not everyone buys solely on price, you know. And um I I find the pricing conversation really fascinating because um, you can think of any, you know, anything in the world, and there there is literally a price point for everyone. And you look at an industry like photography, you can yeah. always find people if you really wanted to who undervalue themselves so much that it's practically free, and you could pay, you know, a million dollars for a celebrity photographer. And there's there's everything in between, and sometimes people are worried about increasing their prices that they're going to leave behind all their clients and they'll never, you know, oh the I have to serve them because no one will. And you go, there's always someone who will feel that need. There's always someone doing their apprenticeship. There's always someone who will undervalue themselves to serve any market. And so you can you can charge what you like, really. Yeah.
0: Oh, I love that. I think that was a very powerful note to end this wonderful conversation on. Denise, so you're launching at the moment. When are doors open and doors closed for Money Bootcamp?
1: Oh God, I hate that you asked me this. You know why? Because again, ADHD... <laughs> Every time I talk to my husband, he's the one who texts me about when it closes. So, I actually, I know this sounds bad. I have no idea. But if you go to my website, denisedt.com slash bootcamp, there will literally be a countdown timer on that. And
0: it's but open I, all the time. So, perfect.
1: And it's not open all the time. But our <laughs> January offer is amazing. So, it's three amazing courses all together, a long payment plan. Um, It really is a good time to join. <laughs> um, It genuinely is. And, um, yeah, but I never know when the doors close. And isn't that horrible? And then he tells me, I go, which time zone is that, babe? <laughs> it's New York time. And I go, just tell me when it finishes in Australia. I have no concept of time. Um, but, yeah, I love and it's going to be really fun. And I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to tell you, I'm going I'm to write out 1,111 cards. So that's, that's my two, stretch goal.
0: What's that, 2.2 2 million? Am I am I calculating that right? Yeah, I Roughly? think so. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes. Oh, that's gonna be an epic and launch. It's a stretch.
1: Yeah, it's a stretch yeah. for us for sure. Um, you know, we've done several million dollar launches. Mm-hmm. We've never done a two million dollar launch. So I'm like, why not? I think Why not?
0: Fun. You've got this, you can do fun. it. Oh, that was wonderful. Thank you so much, Denise. I'm sure my listeners got a million things. I've got a million ideas out of this as well. So I'm super, super appreciative of your time and your
1: wonderful energy. Thank you so much. Oh my God. Thank you, Steph. Thank you, everyone.
0: Isn't she just fabulous? I really learned so much from this episode and I'm sure that you did as well. As always, if you are finding this podcast helpful at all or you have any friends who you think would find this episode useful, please do let them know about it because that is how we get to help more people. And if you have not already subscribed to this show, I release new episodes every Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss every new episode and thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every single one of you who listens to this podcast and who sticks around until the very end of the episode. I will see you back here this Friday with a brand new episode. Thanks so much for listening. Catch you next time.